You are now listening to Keep the Vision Podcast. I am your boy Ant. To my OG listeners, welcome back. To my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. Yo, check this out. Have y'all ever heard of the carnivore diet? Do you know what someone who's on a carnivore diet eats? Well, let me tell you. Meat. That's it. There's no grains. There's no carbs. There's no vegetables. Just meat. I know it sounds crazy, but the lifestyle intrigued me. I wanted to know more. So on today's episode, I have Jessalyn Randall. Jessalyn Randall is a coach and co-founder of Carnivore Revolution. We talk about her journey as a carnivore, why she got into the lifestyle, how she got into the lifestyle, the benefits, the drawbacks, and much more. Now, before we get to the show... I do want to let you know that Jessalyn is located in Okinawa, Japan. So we had quite a few technical difficulties. I do apologize for that in advance. And if you're interested in this lifestyle, if this lifestyle intrigues you as well, you're going to enjoy it and listen all the way to the end. All right. So enough said. Let's get to the show. Peace. Jessalyn Randall, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your morning in Japan. How's Japan? Thanks like? for having me. Yeah, it's awesome here. It's I live in Okinawa, so I'm on a tiny island, and it rains a lot, so it's very different. I grew up in Southern California, so it's a lot different than what I'm used to, but it's a cool experience. Is it sunny? Is you said what's the weather like right now? Sorry, you skipped out for a second. Um, the It's sunny sometimes, but it rains most of the time. Every month here, it rains constantly, pretty much. Uh, and in the winter or in the summer, it's really, really humid. So it just goes from really rainy to humid and rainy to kind of cold and rainy. <laughs> wow. Well, I just want to say this shout out to your husband for serving the country. Um, Thank you. Shout out to you as well, because he's not doing it alone and you guys are serving together. So shout out to your guy. Uh, question, is he a carnivore as well? He's not. No, he okay. he doesn't really have any health issues that keep him motivated to stay with it. Okay. Versus me, like if I ate something, it, I would get a pretty quick reaction to it. So I'm more motivated to not eat it with him. Nothing manifests. So he's like, I can just eat this. I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So with that said, uh, um, let's just get into it and, and talk about your, your carnivore lifestyle. Uh, what motivated you to choose the carnivore life? I don't want to say diet. Let's just call it a, a lifestyle. What motivated you to to take that route versus all the other, you know, diets that are out there? Well, I had tried so many different things before I tried carnivore and nothing was really working. I was really frustrated. I was working out all the time and not losing weight. The only time I could ever lose weight is if I actually starved myself, uh, but that's not sustainable. So I would gain the weight, lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight. So my husband actually found the Sean Baker, Joe Rogan podcast. Have you seen that one? I have not, no. 
that so Sean Baker who kind of named the carnivore diet he went on Joe Rogan and was talking about it and my husband found that episode and thought it could help me a lot so he showed it to me and I watched it and what he said made a lot of sense to me and I thought to myself what do I really have to lose? Uh, I've tried so many other things and nothing's worked. I might as well just give this a shot. And I tried it January 2020 for World Carnivore Month and never really looked back after that. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, uh, I haven't heard much about the carnivore lifestyle up until maybe Carnivore MD, maybe even the Liver King when he became famous. And like I had no, I had known nothing about it. I didn't know it was a thing. And I'm still obviously have no idea, you know, I'm not a carnivore, but it's an intriguing lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. So I found you and you're definitely like, you're really in the community. Like you're not just eating meat just to eat meat. Like I watch your posting, like you're deep in the community. So tell me what that community is like, that carnivore community. I personally think the carnivore community is awesome. They're a bunch of really cool people who are extremely nice. Like when I first jumped into the carnivore community, everyone was so welcoming and nice and helpful. And we really, it really does feel like a team, um, not just people looking out for themselves and things like that. You could pretty much message anyone in the carnivore community, maybe not like Paul Saladino or someone huge like that, but uh, you could pretty much message anyone in the carnivore community and they'll talk to you and explain things to you if you're having issues. Um, a lot of carnivores do coaching to help uh, new carnivores out. Uh, so it's a very welcoming, fun, kind of family-oriented, positive, hopeful uh, community. I, I It's the best. I think it's the best group of friends that I've had in my life, honestly. Okay. And is the, as far as the, the famous carnivores go, is there anyone that you look forward to, you look up to the most, someone that inspires you? Uh, I would probably say Sean Baker, because he's the reason that I did go carnivore. So I look up to him a lot. I actually got to do an interview with him. So that was really cool. It was kind of surreal. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to do an interview with him and and that was awesome. If I would love to meet him in person, I just think it would be so. The people that I'm connecting with on a personal basis, I I'm looking forward to meeting them more than the huge ones that I don't talk to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, I think uh, with the ones that aren't, you know, the big, big names, it, it'll be, it'll be a lot of a, a more intimate connection. It won't be, you know, kind of like that Hollywoodish kind of style connection, <laughs> you know, that you get with someone else. But, um, yeah, you, I, I read, I read through your bio and stuff and you mentioned that, that the lifestyle helped you, uh, now you like healed your gut and your skin. So, so tell me what, what that was like before, like your gut issues and skin issues. So growing up, I struggled with extreme constipation to where I was only going to the bathroom once every few weeks. So it was pretty bad. And that was my life until about 19 years old. I went on another type of elimination diet where the I went to like a homeopathic doctor 
because I developed, I was sick a lot growing up because I had a horrible immune system because my gut was just awful. Um, and I developed a mistrust with doctors. So instead of going to a normal doctor, I went to a homeopathic doctor and he told me to just eat fish and chicken for a couple of weeks and then slowly start reintroducing new foods, kind of like what I did with the lion diet. And through that, I realized that I should not be eating gluten. So when I was 19, I went gluten-free and that helped significantly. I lost a bunch of weight. My skin cleared up a little. My gut issues started to heal a little, but I was still going to the bathroom only maybe once every week or every uh, week and a half, things like that. Wow. So I did that for 10 years and then I was still, I still had acne though. I still did have gut issues. I had severe mood swings that just seemed uncontrollable. Like when they would hit, they would hit. And it, it's, it's weird because it, people tell you like, just be nicer, just control it. And unless you've actually, actually experienced that, like you don't understand how much it controls you. Um, and you can't really just like stop yourself. So I would have extreme mood swings. I was extremely insecure. I had just weight that I could not get rid of no matter how much I worked out. And around 29 years old is when my husband found the Sean Baker, Joe Rogan episode and showed it to me. And that's when I went carnivore. So those were kind of my issues before was uh, constipation, acne, everything pretty much stemmed from my gut. Um, like all my immune system problems, my acne, my mood swings, it, it all centered around the issues that were coming from my gut. Okay. okay. Uh, so as far as gut health, right? Because other communities, we're not going to call anyone out, but other communities, they say uh, animal-based products, uh, more more specifically red meat, is is uh, really hard to digest. Uh, it takes a bunch of days for it to digest. And so all of that is just what, like bullshit propaganda and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that it's just not true. Uh, yeah. Meat is the most bioavailable, one of the most bioavailable foods a human can eat. So your body is absorbing most of it. So there's less waste in your colon. So if versus when you eat fiber. So growing up, I was constantly told by doctors, just eat more fiber, eat more fiber, because you have to push it out of your body. And that never helped. It just made me more and more constipated. Um, because with fiber, your body's not as absorbing as much because it's not as bioavailable. So there's more in more waste inside of you that needs to come out. Uh, which is why people think fiber makes you poop, but it doesn't actually make you poop. It just makes your poops bigger because there's more waste in there. <laughs> uh, so, but with meat there, it's so bioavailable. Your body's absorbing and using so much of it that there's less waste. So it's not sitting in your colon. It's not rotting in your colon. Your body's using it. Uh, and I think you could, I think I've heard people say that have the, um, the I don't know what they're called, but the like the gastro bags or whatever, where they have to I, I forget what kind of um, illness it is, but there's never meat or, or you never see chunks of meat in your stool. Um, but you, you'll you see like corn and different things like that. But there, it's you never find meat in, in someone's stool. <laughs> well, yeah, you see corn, uh, grains, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, 
speaking of meat, how's the quality of the meat in Japan? I know like here in the U.S. it's hard to find like high quality meats unless you're going to a butcher or someone straight from farm to table. So what's it like over there in Japan? Well, in, in Okinawa, I think it might be different than mainland because we're a little more secluded. There, there's Wagyu and things here. Honestly, though, I think it's overpriced for it's not as satisfying as just eating a ribeye. So we don't buy the Wagyu and things like that. So I, I think it's possible to find really good quality meat here, but I still just like normal, normal ribeyes. And for the most part, we shop at the commissary on the US military post here. Okay. So we we basically are just getting the same food that Americans are getting. Okay. Are you, wait, I didn't ask what branch is your husband? Maybe you had- He's in the army. Army, okay. All right, cool. Uh, shout out to your husband for once again. Uh, I was actually in the Navy. Um, really? Yeah, I was in. I they they one of my options while in boot camp was to be sent to uh, Okinawa, but I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't down with that. But anyway, uh, let's get back to it. Uh, tell me about the lion diet. Like, what what is a lion diet? The lion diet is ruminant meat, salt, and water. So, and that's, it's basically an, an extreme elimination diet where you're removing everything from your diet that could possibly be causing you issues. And a lot of people will find that they do need to stick with that more long-term. Michaela Peterson, for instance, who's the, the person who named the lion diet and kind of created the lion diet. Uh, if you have like extreme autoimmune issues and things like that, you'll have to stick more strict, but then a lot of people find that when they start reintroducing new foods, they don't have bad reaction to them so that they can have more, more foods, um, and not be as strict. So the lion diet, at least for me, I just used it as a tool to see what was still in my diet causing me problems. Because with carnivore, people think carnivore is really restrictive, but in my brain, it, there's so many options and so many different things you could eat. So I really wanted to narrow it down and use the lion diet as a really strict elimination diet to help me see what I can and can't eat. Can't eat. Yeah. Okay. Um. That's interesting because. Um, watching your post, that's the first time I've heard of it. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind trying it. Why not? As far <laughs> as far as the carnivore lifestyle, uh, I know you said you you know healed your gut, your skin, but what are the other benefits of just living that lifestyle? Well, mental. I think the mental benefits of it are the most surprising and the one that always catch people off guard the most because we don't really talk a lot about how much nutrition plays a role in mental health in just normal society. So when you switch to carnivore or lion, just the difference that you feel in, I feel like a completely different person from what before I was carnivore. It, it helps your confidence. It helps your mood. It just balances out your energy. You feel more hopeful and more motivated. So it's things like that, that you, you would never think in a million years that my food is doing X, Y, Z to me and making me a horrible person. Um, Like people say, like what I was saying before, people just tell you, it's you, you just got to change who you are. And it's like, the food is a huge part of that yeah, as well. And just ignoring that is, is, uh, uh, 
could be your downfall. Uh, so I think the mental, the mental benefits of it are really awesome. And then there's things here and there where you have less body odor. So you're you're going to the bathroom less so you're in the, and you don't you're not in there all the all the time you just go to the bathroom it's quick done uh so environmentally you're you're kind of better because you're uh you're eating one animal so it's like one animal one death so you're not killing all these animals and killing the soil with buying monocropping you're there's much less food waste involved because you can freeze meat for however long um so you're not throwing away extra vegetables or whatever that are rotting in your fridge. Uh, there's less water waste because you're not constantly washing things, um, flushing toilets, example, like things like that. Um, you're paying less, you, you smell less, so you pay less for shampoos and conditioners and body washes. <laughs> uh, and you kind of realize that all those things aren't really needed as much as you thought they were. Uh, and then you so you do, it is, people do think it's expensive, but then you do save money with the, those type of benefits in, in that regard where you're spending less on little things that you didn't think of that you thought were necessary, but turn out, turns out that they may, might not be as necessary as you thought. Okay. And as far you mentioned, like using a bathroom, uh, is it, how is it, how, if this might be a little bit of TMI, but like, how often are you going like in, in one day? In one day, I do not go to the bathroom every day. So okay. I will go, I typically go every other day. And yeah, you just, I just wake up and have to go to the bathroom and go to the bathroom and then it's over. Uh, so it's quick. It's not painful. Definitely, definitely better than before when, and when I was constipated and I definitely know that I'm not constipated right now because you, there's a huge difference between being constipated, like feeling like you have to go, sitting on the toilet, not being able to go, like bleeding, straining, like all of those things versus not having to go and just not having anything in your stomach, not feeling like you have to go. But then when you do feel like you have to go, you go, no problem. So that's, that's basically what it is on carnivore. And it's very common for people not to go every day. You, you'd be having, you'd be needing to eat a ton and ton of meat to be going every single day, I feel like. And I, I think Paul and the liver king have talked about how they go to the bathroom like every day, but they're also eating uh, carbohydrates and fruits and stuff too. So I think that plays a role into it. Are there, are there any drawbacks uh, with the carnivorous lifestyle, as far as maybe someone who's not not doing it right, if there's a right or wrong way to do it, maybe some dangers. I well, I think that people need to find what's sustainable for them. There are some like purists in the carnivore community who, if they see you drinking coffee, they'll tell you you're not a carnivore and that you're doing it wrong. But if 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 you're trying to improve your health. And that includes having a cup of, and you need to keep that cup of coffee in just for your own sanity, uh, then keep that cup of coffee in. Who cares what someone says? Uh, so so with, as far as my point of view on the carnivore diet, everyone has to kind of figure out what's sustainable for them and what they're willing to cut out and what they're not willing to cut out in the long run. I think 
the biggest thing people could do is just cut out seed oils and ultra processed foods. If they don't want to go full carnivore or full lion, just doing those two things would make a huge impact. Um, so if anyone's doing anything wrong, I would say. Right. Okay. We're officially back. Apologies for any inconveniences. We got cut off. So I asked Jessalyn, uh, were there any drawbacks or, or maybe dangers to living a carnivorous lifestyle, especially for someone who doesn't know what they're doing. So take the floor. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest drawbacks would be that you, it's a very extreme change, especially if you're coming from a standard American diet. So socially, people are going to think you're weird. People are going to tell you you're killing yourself. People are going to try to talk you out of it and convince you that drinking alcohol and eating Krispy Kremes and drinking Starbucks every day isn't that bad. Uh, so I think just the social, the social pressure. I guess for the third time, the, <laughs> the drawbacks. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Socially, socially yeah, the socially, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the social stigma and stuff that'll come along with it. People telling you you're gonna kill yourself. Uh, just the the mindset around eating meat only is still not widely accepted. So, just just things like that are are typically the hardest part. There there is some people do experience a negative transition in the beginning of the carnivore diet and get sick like the keto flu is what they call it so that's uh, could be a negative aspect but it depends on how quickly you transition if you transition cold turkey or go more slowly then that usually affects your your sickness when you're transitioning um other than that though i i think there's a lot of positives to it and once you do it and try it for yourself the negatives seem so small compared to how beneficial it actually is in your life. And then you don't actually care what people are saying because you know how much is helping you personally. Okay. So being that eating, eating meat is, is, you know, it's, 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 it's protein. So it, it's more satiating. Um, does that prevent you from, from overeating and stuff like that? <laughs> Yeah, I it is possible though to still overeat. It's a lot harder to overeat protein, but I think it's easier to overeat fat. So a lot of times people will start like piling on butter and things like that and they could overeat that way. So it is still possible, uh, but for the most part, people generally find a portion that they're comfortable with and the portion that their body likes and can tolerate and you start to realize when you see meat on a plate you're like oh that'll keep me full oh that won't I need some more um but yeah it keeps you full all day long I eat twice a day um and I'm fine with that I eat about two pounds of meat a day I don't track anything I don't count anything I just put the meat on my plate and eat until I eat till I'm full and it averages about two pounds of meat a day wow. uh so so yeah <laughs> That's, that's, that's big dog, big dog status right there. <laughs> but let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, other, other, other animal products, because I see, you know, most, most, uh, carnivores, it's, it's usually red meat and stuff like that. What about like chicken and fish and stuff and maybe stuff outside of red meat? 
Yeah, red meat is just the most delicious. And it's, I think it's the the one that you could eat all the time and get least tired of. So I think that's why people prioritize the red meat. And there's so many things in it uh, that are good for you. Fish is a good one. I don't eat it very often. Prioritize beef over the other meats is because because beef is fatty and nutrient dense um because so, if you are just eating lean meat you will get sick like you need the fat you need the fat is crucial um for this diet because you're not burning any carbs so you need the fat for energy and to fuel your brain so uh that's why people do prioritize more ruminants and more fatty meat than the lean um, white meats and things like that. So what about eggs? No eggs? Because I knew some yeah. carnivores. Okay, you eat eggs. Yeah, so the carnivore diet includes any meat, land or sea, animal products like eggs and dairy, uh, and dairy if you can tolerate it, because uh, a lot of people can't tolerate dairy. And a lot of people do have egg allergies too. So, uh, but if you can tolerate those things, have at it is it's any anything that comes from an animal basically okay all right so you mentioned obviously basically zero to no carbs there, there are some carnivores out there that that demonize any kind of carb even fruits but then there are some like carnivore md now he has eats fruits uh liver king eats fruits what about you are you against carbs as far as maybe fruit goes potatoes uh i don't eat carbs because i don't feel like I need them. I'm not against them. I do know that a lot of carnivores, especially if they're in high intensity training, the carbs help to fuel their workouts and things like that. And I'm not against that at all. Uh, but for me personally, I feel great. I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. My energy is great. So I'm not adding anything into my diet at this point. But if I ever do feel like I need to, I have no issue with adding it in. I probably won't ever go as hard as Paul Saladino because he he eats a lot. I think 300 grams of carbs a day or something like that. And he puts he puts maple syrup in his milk. Like I, I wouldn't even try that if someone paid me. It just doesn't sound appetizing. So I don't think I'd go as hard as him or Liver King, but I would probably do some blueberries every now and then or something like that. So, so once in a while, you you will dabble with some fruits and stuff. Uh, so I think the I think the last time I had blueberries was maybe like six months ago. So it's it's definitely once in a while. <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for some good fruit. So. <laughs> Let's go back to the red meat because, you know, red meat gets a, a lot of hate, you know, you know, with the blood clotting and just stuff supposedly bad for your heart and high saturated fats and stuff. Um, can you tell me more about that? Why is it being hated on so much? Well, in the 1950s, I believe uh, there was a man named Ansel Keys who developed this thing called a diet heart hypothesis, and he did a seven country study looking at the connection between saturated fat, cholesterol, and heart disease. And he came to the conclusion that the more saturated fat you eat, the higher your cholesterol, the higher your risk of heart disease. And he had a lot of influence. He had the ear of the president's doctor. So it basically became standard 
belief that cholesterol, high cholesterol leads to heart disease. And that is still something a lot of people believe to this day. But unfortunately, his study was an epidemiological study anyway. So it wasn't um, like a clinical <laughs> thing. So there, there's holes you could poke in it that way. And then also he cherry picked data. He he studied 22 countries, I believe, and he picked the seven that would most uh, work for what he was trying to prove. So he picked data that would help him instead of just looking at all the data. So there's a lot of things wrong with the seven country study, uh, but it unfortunately he spoke with confidence and he spoke very loudly and he got his ideas pushed through to the point where now people believe they're fact, but there's never been any sort of study to show causation. Uh, so, so whenever someone says meat causes this, meat causes that, or high cholesterol causes this, um, that has never really, that's never been shown. It wouldn't be ethical to do a study to show causation. You'd have to lock people in a room and you'd have to have, basically have twins locked in a room and feed them certain things their whole life. Like it would just never would be approved uh, ethically. So yeah, there, <laughs> and there's a lot of data to show that red meat is actually really beneficial. And uh, my friend and I just went through this one review where the, they looked at a whole bunch of studies showing that red meat was bad for you and they analyzed the data and came to the conclusion that all of the data that they found was extremely weak so there actually isn't good evidence or strong evidence to promulgate the narrative that red meat is bad for you so if you do digging you you can find the truth about red meat but if you just like listen to what people are telling you then you definitely could could fall down the the mindset of red meat being bad for you i hope that answered your question i oh, feel no, like i it, went on no no that's perfect <laughs> because a lot of people they they don't they don't research they don't dig deeper so if this guy's a doctor, he knows what he's talking about. I got to listen to him, you know? Mm -hmm. Not only another thing about red meat is uh, for, for I guess, men and women, it boosts testosterone. It helps raise your levels of testosterone for those of you who are unaware of that. Um, organ meats. Are you a fan of organ meats at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to organ meats. I don't eat them on a regular basis. I'm going to start eating more liver and see how it affects me because I love to just experiment and try things and see what works and what doesn't. So I'll be adding some liver and see what happens uh, this month in February. But other than that, I mean, I eat a lot of um, beef tongue. I really like heart. It's just not available all the time uh, where where I am because so, there's not a lot here in Okinawa. But when I get to back to the States, I, I want to try chicken hearts and eat more beef heart and try all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not opposed to trying anything. I will try brain, anything like that. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, I'm not that open-minded. I saw you, I saw you cooking that tongue. I was like, oh man. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. How is it? Is it good? It's so good. It's good. Mm -hmm. I've never had it because a lot of people will buy the whole tongue and you boil it and then you take the, the outside off. I've never done that. But if you ever see like a yakiniku or a Japanese uh, barbecue type restaurant and they have tongue on the menu, definitely try it because it's 
slice really thin, grill it. It's so good. Yeah, it it looked like uh when when I saw it, it looked like this this uh like a fried sausage. My father used to cut thinly and and, and fry it on the, in the on the skillet. It looked just like that, but um <laughs> it wasn't that. That was tongue. I didn't look too. Uh, so so with the organ meats, I know organ meats get a lot of praise. You mentioned you 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 just you know might implement some organ meats now and then when you come back to the U.S. But what's so special about them? Like why do why do they get such high praise? Well, they're packed full of nutrients. So and the organs, just thinking about like the roles your organs play in or the organs play in your the body, they they filter out the bad and they keep the good. And so so when you are eating organs, you're they're just packed full of so many essential vitamins and minerals that you need. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people pray organs and they've been they've been eaten by by cultures for years um like the inuit and the maasai and and things cultures like that they will eat organs and drink blood and and do do those things and so it's it's normal it's was a normal thing that we did as humans before we before agriculture, I guess. Um, but the Maasai and the Inuit, I, I believe, still eat that way. But um, before we started just pri- prioritizing like fruit grains and and things like that, um, we ate organs and ate fatty meat and ate animals. So um, I think people are just trying to connect back to how we were before we were civilized i guess <laughs> we've gone soft just say it <laughs> yeah we've, we've yeah. gone soft yeah. <laughs> i would um, drink blood would you drink blood i would yeah i, yeah. I see i see liver king doing it. i'm like you know i kind of want to just hang out with him for one day and see what life is like in his on his ranch yeah you, you mentioned you mentioned his the, his the history of some history of of the carnivore i'll through through tribes right but do you, are you familiar with like the modern history like how did it become a thing in modern like today's society i know you said you heard from sean baker but are you aware are you familiar with any of the i guess more modern history behind it like the vegan diet and stuff like that uh, uh i don't understand the question i'm sorry so you know how veganism wasn't a thing back in the day yeah it's, be- it's became a thing no one was really talking about carnivore, carnivorous lifestyle. Mm-hmm. How did it become a thing in like today's world? Oh, I, I, yeah, I think probably just uh, Sean Baker had a huge role in it. Michaela Peterson, uh, Jordan Peterson. So I think just prominent people in the media who eat this way. And then our culture, we like to pattern our lifestyles after people we follow online so I think then people were encouraged to try it and then they saw results and then it kind of uh, trickled down from there where just more and more people were trying it and more and more people saw really great results um and then we real we started realizing that it meat's not actually bad for you there's been people who've been doing carnivore uh, eating a carnivore lifestyle for 40 years and They've just been eating that way, but it didn't have a name (laughs) and they've been reaping amazing benefits um, because like we said earlier with the research, the research always has always been there. Like when, when Ansel Keys was promoting his diet heart hypothesis, there were people 
who were trying to contradict what he was saying and say, hey, no, this isn't correct. This this is absolutely wrong. Um, there was a lot of data too in the seven country studies that could that was suggesting that maybe sugar was the issue, not meat, um, and they ignored that. So there was a lot of people trying to say, hey, no, this is wrong and putting things out there, but they were shouted down and silenced. Um, but the information is there if you search for it. So, so I'm assuming this information is just kind of like coming out organically oh, yeah. and more are starting to see and just with what's happening in the world right now more and more people are being more encouraged to trust authority figures not trust authority th figures blindly but actually do some more research for themselves in every aspect of our lives right now so i think even nutrition people are starting to dig more into research with nutrition instead of just blindly trusting their doctor or blindly trusting um, some head figurehead online um, so I, I think there's a whole a whole host of reasons why it's becoming popular now. I think it's 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 time to shine. I think all of the dominoes are falling into place or all the pieces are falling into place and it and it's really like going to take off. I don't think it'll ever become mainstream, but I think it'll continue to grow. It it, it it's definitely growing and I don't know, yeah, like you said, I don't know about mainstream, but um a lot of people are learning how to just think critically and think for themselves and and basically try it out and do what works for them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, actually, for me, I was, I was plant-based for five years, and I, I slowly started bringing back eggs and fish and chicken and beef, and I feel, I feel great, you know? I haven't really, you know, because I was worried that it might hurt, mess up my gut, and, you know, it, well, for me, it was never an ethical thing. It was just something I, I tried and stuck with for a few years, but I'm back to you know, animal based lifestyle. Um, so no vegetables, you're not messing with vegetables, nothing, no greens, no, no grains. I know you said you, uh, you do the carbs like the blueberries, but no types of like oatmeal or bread, no mm -hmm. pizza night. <laughs> no, when I first started carnivore, I, so the first month I was really strict and saw amazing results. And then after that, I would have cheat meals on the weekends and we would have pizza and wine and things like that. But then my health issues started to come back. Mm -hmm. So eventually I was like, no, I can't do this. I have to be strict all the time. So I have pretty much been strict um, for my entire carnivore journey after that. Uh, but no, I don't eat. I don't miss those things though. Um, and I never really struggled with cravings, food cravings that were uncontrollable. If I ever have a craving where it's like, oh, that looks good or, oh, I, I want this. I, I've never had an issue with just saying no to myself and not eating it uh, because I know how it'll affect me and it's not worth it to me to like a piece of pizza or whatever else, a bowl of ice cream isn't worth me feeling like poop the next day. Um, I'd rather just eat a steak because the steak is delicious too. So I'd rather eat a steak and feel amazing than eat some ice cream, feel good for 10 minutes and then feel like poop for a couple of days after. Yeah. And you know, steak is cal calorically dense, you know, has all the, all the great properties. Uh, you, so you're, you're a workout person, you're a workout fanatic, right? Um, being on this carnivore diet is living this carnivore lifestyle. Like, do you feel stronger? Are you leaner? Um, what, whatever your training regimen is, does it make you feel stronger? 
Yes, I definitely, I feel stronger. I don't know if I'm getting stronger because it's frustrating. Do you work out? Do you like working out? Yeah, I'm a trainer. Yeah, I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in, I'm in that space. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it's so frustrating because like one day you could have a really good day and hit your PR and the next day you, you can't like yeah. lift half of what you did. So it, it's like, it's a roller yeah. coaster. <laughs> no, so, no, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So I do feel stronger though. Um, and I do think that I'm getting leaner and building more muscle, which is really good. That's my goal right now. Uh, and I feel capable. Like I don't, I, my energy is stable before I started carnivore, I would be drinking at least two cups of coffee a day. And then before we would go to the gym, I would have a bang energy drink and wow. <laughs> um and then we would go work out and now I don't have any coffee I don't have anything and my energy is just stable I feel great I'm outperforming what I used to do so it's definitely helping me a lot um I wish it was helping faster but building muscle is is not easy <laughs> so I'm just being impatient in that regard well that's when the ego starts kicking in you know you know slow is smooth smooth is fast that's that's what they mm -hmm. taught us in that's what they taught us in the navy so as long as you're consistent and you're you're definitely if you're fueling your body properly you're, you're eating enough um you have to eat in a surplus if you want to gain some sort of muscle uh you can gain strength and maintain the same weight but if you want to build size of, of some sort you have to eat in a surplus mm -hmm. um Let's talk about uh, your community, Carnivore Revolution. Uh, is, that, is that a coaching service? What is that? So Carnivore Revolution is what me and my friend Serena created. And it started out as just us on YouTube doing recipes and me making a complete mess because I'm an awful cook. Uh, <laughs> but the food still this food still tasted good because we've come to find out it's really difficult to mess up a piece of meat. It'll still taste good. <laughs> yeah, but sure. it starts so it started off as just us making videos and interviewing people. And now we are branching out into coaching. So we have a group of seven coaches and we have a free community online that you can join and ask questions and find recipes and things like that. Uh, but with our coaching, it's a monthly thing and you get access to all seven coaches and you don't have to be carnivore. That was something that we were really, we really wanted to highlight because there are a lot of dogmatic coaching groups in the carnivore community that are, you have to be carnivore. You have to do this. You have to do that. And we wanted to, wanted to open it up to people if they were keto uh ancestral uh carnivore lion anything like that so our coaches range from ancestral low carb keto and so we have coaches all across the board who can help and we yeah we provide coaching support things like that and we're, we have other things in the works that I'm really excited about that hopefully will will come to fruition but we have a plethora of ideas brewing and I'm I'm really excited for the future of it but right now it's still growing but it's mostly just the YouTube channel and the the coaching so the YouTube channel is beyond the meat is that what it is or you have another one Oh, so Carnivore Revolution is the YouTube channel with me and my friend Serena. Beyond the Meat is a series that I did on Instagram. Okay. So so with the coaching service, uh, what are you providing? Are you providing uh, nutrition tips or recipes, workout 
workout tips? Is that all of the above? That's what you're including in the, in the coaching service? Yes. So we have coaches who are personal trainers, uh, who are specialists in like sleep and meditation and things like that. So it's, it's like a full lifestyle, uh, uh, coaching. So, so whatever questions that you have regarding, um, your nutrition, or if you want to count macros or even hormonal health for women, or if it's more personal stuff, if you're a guy, we have like separated parts for men and women. Um, and so it's it's all encompassing um whatever really that you're dealing with we have a coach that can help you oh that's cool uh so it's called carnivore revolution yes and that's that can be found in your bio yes it, it can be in my bio and then just like searching it on youtube or on instagram there's an there's a carnivore revolution instagram also okay that's cool uh so <laughs> there's no vegans no vegans allowed <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think the the crazy thing about veganism is like you're you're because Oreos are vegan. So I think it's like it's a dangerous thing to where um as long as the thing that we highlight the most like I was saying earlier is like cut out seed oils and ultra processed foods. Like if you're eating real whole food and you're experiencing benefits and you're not getting any negative reaction and you're loving how you're feeling, stick with that. Yeah. But we mostly encourage people to cut out the seed oils, cut out the ultra processed foods. Um, so those are like the two things that we that we kind of like require or encourage people to to do if they want to be a part of the coaching. Um, but of course, if you like fall off the wagon, you're not going to get kicked out or anything like that because it happens to everyone because those things are extremely addictive. So it's it's very difficult to to break out of that and and go into a lifestyle that is just eating real whole food and, and not fall back into wanting that glass of wine or wanting that bowl of ice cream. So um, yeah, we're, we're pretty flexible. <laughs> Well, the, you know, the big companies, they make the processed foods uh, addicting. And, you know, a lot of the plant-based foods are uh, fake meats and that stuff is ultra processed. And that's what a lot of people eat, you know, ultra processed uh, vegan junk food. And you're probably, your health is, your health most likely will be worse on that than it would be, you know, being carnivorous, you know? Mm -hmm. What about sleep? Uh, does, does just the carniv carnivorous lifestyle, does it help optimize sleep, if at all? I know everything plays a part. Everything's connected, sleep, nutrition, and, and fitness. But does it help you sleep? Is your sleep optimized? My, yeah, I never had problems with sleep. So I had good sleep on carnivore. When I went lion, though, I my sleep improved a lot. But that's not always the case for everyone, just to be honest. Um, sometimes people do experience issues with their energy and sleep, especially in the beginning. So um, my I lucked out, but if people do try it and they experience sleep issues, that is normal too. Um, and you're just whatever's happening in your body, that's, that's how you're reacting. But in general, for the most part, yes, carnivore does improve your sleep, especially if you stick with it. Like eventually down the line, yes, it will improve your sleep if it's not right now. And then lion to really improve my sleep. I would like when I, my head hits the pillow, I'm out. It doesn't take me 20 minutes to fall asleep. I'm out. And then when I wake up, I wake up and I'm ready to go. So it's the best sleep I've ever gotten. Uh, and we, there's things to, a lot of people in the carnivore community will eventually become kind of like biohackers. Cause you, you'll start to like dig into more, 
more healthy things for your lifestyle. So there's a lot of things too that could improve your sleep as far as getting morning sunlight in your eyes, not looking at screens late at night. Um, so I think like sleeping in a cold room is another one where if the room's colder, you'll get good sleep. So the, so there's little biohack um, things in the carnivore community too that we that we all kind of do to to get better sleep as well. Okay, um, I do want to ask you this question about the the lion diet. Uh, it's not regarding the meat, it's regarding the salt. The salt gets a bad rap. Uh, what is it? Why is the salt part of the lion diet? I think, well, because salt is, I think salt is an important part. I, I'm, there are people who don't eat salt. So I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's essential. Um, because they're not eating it. So obviously they're not dying. So I, so it's not essential. Um, but I do think that salt is, is in a really important part of my diet, at least, which is why I include it. And salt is a good seasoning on the meat makes it taste good. Um, I don't know exactly Michaela Peterson's reasons for keeping it included. But I would assume uh, it's because you don't really have there's no one really that I know of that has a uh, intolerance to salt um people usually have they need more sodium in their diet instead of less um like iodine efficient iodine deficiencies um so i'm assuming she included the salt because she knew she wouldn't have a bad reaction to it versus like pepper um people have a bad yeah. reaction to pepper sometimes like um even for myself if i eat pepper i'm noticing that I, i'll feel like um kind of bloated after I eat it and it just doesn't make me feel my best. So I've decided to exclude pepper out of my diet, out of my carnivore diet. Um, but yeah, other, I don't, I don't know specifically though, why she just included salt other than that would be my assumption. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know, I know there's, there's, you know, some, some people out there, they do preach an SOS free diet, which is no salt, no oil, no sugar. Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. seed oils. Uh, you don't mess with those. But what about any other oils? Uh, is extra virgin olive oil is that an, is that a seed oil? Extra virgin uh, olive I, oil? No, right? Is it? All, I think olives are fruit. Okay. Do you mess with any type of oils? Um, no, I don't use because animal fat. Once you start cooking with animal fat, like it you don't want to anything else yeah like so i i don't use coconut oil or avocado oil or olive oil anything like that uh i just use i usually just cook the meat in its own fat usually it's fatty enough to grease the pan on its own so i don't have to add anything extra but if i do i'll use tallow or ghee or butter um but i think tallow would be the best in my opinion um because some people do have dairy intolerances so they can't eat butter and then ghee still has some of the lactose in it so tallow is like the best option if you're really really sensitive um but other yeah no i don't use any sort of oil okay tallow is is uh is it beef fat what is that yeah it's, it's like beef rendered fat. beef fat okay i've heard of it uh uh, my wife actually uh, purchased some tallow balm. Uh, it's actually really good for the skin. Uh, I have a couple more questions before we wrap it up. Uh, do you ever feel sluggish, like just living this lifestyle? Do you ever feel like you're crashing or the energy is always high? Because, you know, other diets, you know, you you can crash. 
Mm-hmm. So my energy is typically stable. I wouldn't say I'm never bouncing off the walls. Like before, if I had a cup of coffee and you're like, yeah, let's do this. And you're like shaking almost. Um, I never feel like that with carnivore. It's just kind of just consistent and stable. And like, if I go to the gym and I have to push myself, my body kind of just like provides the energy I need it, it to meet me where I'm at. So if I'm just like being stagnant, I, my energy is like at that level. If I need to go for a run, my body will like provide more energy and it'll like, it, it, it'll all meet that level. So it, it kind of just meets me where I, I need for that day. And, um, there's no spike or really crash except when it's time to go to bed. Uh, like, like I was saying, like when it's, when it's time for me to go to bed, I am tired. My head hits the pillow and I'm out. Um, so, so that's when the energy stops is, is when my body's like, okay, time to sleep and recharge. Um, but other than that, during the day, it's, it's fine. I don't have any issues. Okay. All right. I got another question for you. Uh, what advice would you have for someone who has no idea what they're doing, who doesn't even know where to start and they want to take the route of the carnivorous lifestyle, maybe someone who's even a vegan who's hasn't eaten meat in like 10 years. Like, what advice do you have for someone like that? I would say to go slowly, especially if it's going to be a drastic transition like that. Just me personally, I, I think going slowly would be more beneficial. And the first step, if anyone wants to improve their health somewhat, would be just, again, cutting out seed oils and ultra-processed foods and focusing on real whole food. And if you if you can do that, and then you're noticing you're still having some issues, then slowly cut out more. Cut out, like, the, the grains and the starches and maybe just have more, like, Paul Saladino, where it's just meat, organs, and fruit. Um, and then if you're still having issues, cut out the fruit and just kind of get go find what works for you. Um, I definitely don't think people have to go cold turkey or go balls to the wall carnivore, balls to the wall lion. Um, I definitely think that just cutting out seed oils and processed foods is going to be a huge benefit to anyone who wants to just see what dip their toe in and see what what is possible and see how much better they can feel because it's crazy. I don't think people realize how much that stuff is affecting us. And just removing it could be so helpful. Okay. Uh, we actually didn't, I should have asked you this earlier because we did talk about sustainability. Is a lion diet sustainable? I believe it is. Do you mean sustainable for the environment or for a human? For the human body, yeah, for longevity. So um, the lion diet, so just beef, salt, and water. Um, maybe not sustainable like long term without including some sort of like supplementation like even Michaela Peterson herself is starting to include liver into her diet because uh, she was she was low on folate when she got her blood work done so she's um, including liver again so um maybe not strictly beef salt and water without some organs and and things like that but um I think that a meat only like a meat animal product diet is definitely sustainable if you're having the whole smorgasbord of what nature has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last carnivore question. What is your favorite meat? Ribeye. Rib definitely. Eye. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it because is, is it, is that a high fat? That's high fat, right? Is that the yeah. reason why? 
Yeah, just a fatty ribeye. It's so good. Like I used to, I used to only, I would, if I had a steak, it had to be no fat, like a filet mignon or something. If there was fat on it, I would get grossed out. I would lose my appetite. I couldn't eat it. Uh, but now I like want that fat. It, it's crazy how much your taste buds change when you, when you do carnivore for uh, an, any sort of time, you, you start to crave the fat and crave the red meat. Um, so yeah, a big fatty juicy ribeye cooked over on a grill because if you cook it on a stove or an air fryer I do find that it can get tiring after a while but I've never gotten tired of eating like a flame grilled fatty ribeye okay shit now the, the the brain is circulating right now you said you eat twice a day does that does that require any fasting or you just eat in the morning eat in the afternoon or night Mm -hmm. I don't, I intermittent fast naturally just because I am eating twice a day. I don't do it intentionally. Uh, so I, I don't try to fast. I don't, it's not something that is a goal of mine, but I just eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. And that typically is hungry in the morning and then hungry again around six o'clock. Um, so, so I'll intermittent fast naturally, but not intentionally. Okay. And do you supplement at all? No, I don't take any supplements. I don't take electrolytes. I I didn't really take supplements before. So I was never like a habitual supplement taker, uh, which I think is why I don't really take them now too. I just, yeah, I just eat the meat and drink water <laughs> to stay hydrated, put salt in my water to get, to get some more minerals and stuff. Okay. All right. So this is my final question. It's a non carnivore question. Uh, I did read that you are getting your journalism degree, if I'm not mistaken. How's that going for you? How far are it's you? It's good. I'm almost done. I will be done by the end of this year. So I'm in my last year right now. It's a struggle because uh, it's. I feel like I should already be done. I feel like I'm not learning anything new at this point. Like, you know, like when the senior year of high school, you're just like kind of just like dragging your feet. Like, can we just get this over with? <laughs> you're I over feel like. It. Yeah. Yeah, I'm over it at this point. Like it's my last year. I'm not really learning anything new. I'm just doing like the capstones to everything. So they're just putting a huge workload on you and just reteaching you what you already learned. Um, so it's I'm struggling to stay motivated, but uh, but I'm getting through it. I'll get through it. Um, and hopefully, hopefully it'll go by fast. I mean, it should. And what are your goals as far as like after graduation? What do you want to do with the degree? Well, basically what I'm doing now, which is probably another reason I'm not extremely motivated because I'm, I'm doing like what I would be, would, would want to be doing with it. Like I'm, I'm writing, I'm um, making these reels, I'm talking to people. I, so I am, I am journalism, journalisming and mass communicating. <laughs> so to I'm the masses. <laughs> so I would, I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing and just continue to grow and and I think that I, I know people say that like degrees don't matter anymore but it still does make a difference if someone's like oh who are you and it's like well I have a degree in journalism and mass communication I do think that'll still still help me and give me a little more credibility at least yeah well uh, they do look at stuff like that and I'm sure I'm sure this journey that you're on will it de will definitely work in your favor um, you know, just stay consistent and just keep putting in work, you know, um, yeah. let them know where they can find you if they want to get in touch with you, if they're interested in your coaching services, or if they just want to learn about the carnivorous lifestyle, et cetera. Mm -hmm. 
my Instagram is just Jesslyn Randall or Jesslyn dot Randall. And you'll probably, you will, you link it. I'll link it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Cause it, it. <laughs> it, it's, it's a, it, if you don't know how to spell it, check the link below. Yeah, <laughs> also, what? Just, what? No, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna link everything in the, in the show notes. I'm gonna post it on stories, stuff like that. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So my Instagram is just jesslyn.randall and then my YouTube is Carnivore Revolution. So the, and then that's where you can ask questions. I'm really uh, active in my messages. If so, if anyone messages me, I get back to them. Um, so questions or comments, anything like that. Um, I, I look forward to hearing from people if they want to connect with me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would because uh, this was fun and this was definitely informative. I learned a lot. It makes me want to try the lion diet or just live and maybe do maybe 30 days of carnivore. Um, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Uh, thank you for your time. This was fun. So, Hey, we got cut off. I was just saying, I was, I was saying this was fun and, and very informative. I learned a lot. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Jessalyn. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was nice meeting you too. You too. I know it's daytime over there, so enjoy the rest of your day. As far as I go, it's, it's my bedtime. So have a good night. Goodness gracious! You heard me. I was saying let's I just wrap. Can... Let's just wrap it up before we get cut off again. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <have> a good one. <laughs> you too. Bye. That was my conversation with Jessalyn Randall. Now listen, Jessalyn has developed a knowledge and a passion for this carnivorous lifestyle over the past couple of years. So if you're interested in trying out the carnivore diet, don't just use this episode and her knowledge as the only piece of information. You need to go out there and do your own research and you see if it works for you. Don't be so quick to eliminate everything. Take baby steps, one thing at a time. You don't wanna shock your body by just eliminate everything, eliminating everything and just eating meat, all right? If you wanna get in contact with Jessalyn, you can find her on Instagram at Jessalyn period Randall. That's J-E-S-S-A-L-Y-N period R-A-N-D-L-E. I'll leave it in the show notes as well. If you're interested in her coaching services, uh, you can find a link in her bio. As far as her YouTube channel, Carnivore Revolution, go subscribe, watch every video, like them, and comment on every single video. Support her growth. All right? As far as I go, you can find me on Instagram at Keep the Vision Podcast. Email me, keepthevisionpodcast at gmail.com. Check out my YouTube channel at Keep the Vision Podcast. Like my videos. Subscribe to the channel. Comment on my videos. Show some love. Support my growth. All right? I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, do your own research. Don't just jump right into it. All right? Write a review. Follow the show. Follow the pod. With that said, thank you for listening. You are loved. You are blessed. You are a visionary. Peace, y'all.